0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is Saturday stretch time. I invite you to join in singing. Take me out to the
1: ballroom. Charlie, here comes the deuce. throw a douche, right yep i mean that ball got out of here in a hurry you know anything travels that far i have a damn stewardess on it don't you think correct me if i'm wrong hobbs but we had a deal those are your winnings lugger this is a gag hobbs pick it up get out of here if it isn't enough money tell us what you've got in mind to hit away i thought i could
0: rely on your honor hobbs you're about to watch it jerk shut up idiot moron scab eater the sniffer, yeah. puss liquor, fart smeller. Yeah. <sighs> you eat dog crap for breakfast, geek. You mix your weeds with your mama's toe jam. Yeah! You bob grapples in the toilet. And you like it. You play ball like a girl. There's no crying in baseball. Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris. <laughs> Rogers Hornsby was my manager. And he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no, no. No, no. And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in this. Bring up Hank Shaw, who led the Sox in home runs and RBIs last year. I don't know how this guy keeps his mind on baseball with all the paternity suits and all. I think those are parking tickets. <laughs> yeah. One more loss. One more loss, which could have been a win. Do you call yourself professionals? I have never, ever seen a worse group of 25 players. You don't think as a team, you don't play as a team, you don't even lose as a team. You all got your heads so far up your butts, you can't even see the light of day. I want you here, in uniform, at nine tomorrow.
1: I thought the game started at one. It
0: does start at one, and you're a judge. they will walk out to the bleachers sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon they'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines where they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes and they'll watch the game and it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters the memories will be so thick they'll have to brush them away from their faces Hey guys, welcome into another bonus episode of Film Tank. My name is Alex Diekman and I'll be your host today. And on this bonus episode, me and Kenny Marcellus yo, will be discussing baseball-themed movies as the Major League Baseball season just got underway. Here, Take
1: me out to the
0: ball oh, game. I was going to say, are you going to sing the whole song for us or not? If you want it. I'm I'm good. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, yeah. Cuz I really don't want to sing. <laughs> oh, well, then you shouldn't have said that. I may, maybe I should have made you. This is uh early April or approaching when baseball season will be hitting its peak in the summer. The boys of summer will come out and play and uh all kinds of good things that surround baseball whether it be beer or sun or warmth or hot dogs and brontwers peanuts. Yeah, peanuts, cracker jacks, pickles. There's, Yeah, a lot of food, a lot of food and drink, and a lot of beverages that uh, surround the baseball sport. But another thing that definitely is involved in baseball is film. And since we are a film podcast, we thought it'd be cool to spend some time discussing different baseball films that have come out over uh, time, I guess. Although most of the ones that we'll be hitting on today came out in the late 1980s and through the 1990s, as that seems like that was a really... Uh, top time for baseball films in general. Right. Yeah. So let's just jump right in. Um, Kenny, what would be a movie you'd like to start with uh, talking about? I, I don't know if there's really a definitive number one baseball movie, so let's just start talking about one, and we'll kind of jump around a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as
1: definitive, um, I would have to say my my personal favorite yeah. you know, would probably
0: be Moneyball. Okay. Just that's a, that's a, see, that's a recent where it's talking right. about how most – Baseball movies came out in the 80s and 90s, and Moneyball was, uh, I believe, a 2011. Yeah, film? Yeah, just
1: a couple of years ago,
0: and um, I mean, I, just a big, big
1: fan of Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, and it just had a really interesting concept to it, an interesting story. It's based on a on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Bean, who owned what was it? The, the he's the general manager of the Oakland A's, and still is. Right, and and the whole theory behind this movie was it's a It's kind of a mathematical equation, mm-hmm. taking a baseball team and and running it like a math equation basically where you're just you're basically gonna plug in you don't necessarily need the the biggest most expensive players mm-hmm. and you just plug in who's gonna work and you stick to a certain format and you're gonna win games and they they ended up ultimately turning a team around from being weren't they like a last place team
0: at the time well early in the year because how things actually went down and how it's portrayed in the film is they were a playoff team the year prior and they had three major players who left in free agency including jason giambi and johnny damon and when they they, those three players and i can't remember the other one right now he's escaping me when they left they were kind of not knowing where to go in terms of players, so they had to find a new way. They were in a rebuilding time. Well, it isn't necessarily rebuilding either because they also have a very hard cap on what their organization is allowed to spend. They still do. They spend more now because they've made more playoff runs. Uh, Ownership has decided they can spend a little more money, but when it comes to comparing them to the Los Angeles Dodgers or the New York Yankees, they still are a very modestly... You know, modestly paid player, paying players in their organization they have a modest payroll. That's the word I was looking for, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it was a very unique and interesting portrayal of what I'm assuming were a lot of things that actually happened during that season, and also with uh, Billy Bean and uh, I believe his, what is his Jonah Hill's character's name Ooh. in the film? I think it's Peter Brand. I know South that right? in real life, the yeah, gentleman who. He came and poached out of the Indians organization and ended up working for him and getting him this amazingly accurate math, mathematical equation. His name was Paul de Podesta. And he, right after all of this happened, even without any experience with general managing or anything, he became the general manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers and it didn't didn't work out. And he didn't want his name in the movie, so that's why they changed it to Peter right. Brand. But yeah, this is a fascinating film in terms of The relationship between Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, which is very peculiar because you know that Brad Pitt, even though he does ultimately become somewhat friends with Peter Brand, he's really only using him to keep his job for the most part. Right, right. I I remember watching it
1: at the time that I saw it the first time. It was like Mm mid-winter, definitely not baseball season, and it just... I don't know, something about this story. And I ha- and I haven't even really watched it since then, so it's been a couple of years. But I just remember being overwhelmed with that feeling of needing baseball back, yeah. needing it back now. And um, that's that's kind of why we're doing this show tonight, just because baseball season's firing up. And it's just every year this time of year, you get that, that itch for baseball back. And, uh, yeah, so.
0: Well, and there are also great performances other than – Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. There are a couple small side characters who are played by well, well-known well actors and now more well-known as uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman played Art Howe, the coach of the team. Obviously, he uh, passed away here a couple years ago, so right. sad to see him go, but did a very interesting portrayal of the manager and was accurate for the most part. And then also one of the most important players on the A's was played by Chris Pratt. Who has become very popular yep. uh, through the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise? So, uh, very interesting film. It's, it's kind of more of a serious tone to it, although there is some playful, fun things, especially with yeah. Billy Bean's relationship with ownership and other general managers and players. There's a lot of you know serious things happening in this movie, and it's try to tries to be a little grounded in terms of there are all these mathematical equations that lead right. to. Things you can do in baseball, but there still needs to be some room left for the enjoyment of the sport and loving it for what right. it
1: is. Well, baseball very much is is based on that kind of philosophy to begin with. M- way more than than most other sports, it's mm-hmm. more of a numbers game, and that's just kind of the way it is. And um, but
0: but there still is always this this kind of lore with baseball that you don't get with other sports. Talk about like going to stadiums where your great grandparents could have went to a game or Mm -hmm. watching a game the same way that people watched it 70 years ago. There's just not the same sort of vintage feel in football or basketball or hockey.
1: Right. Yeah. It's just, it's a very historical sport. I mean, it's America's pastime and yeah, um, yeah, you get not, not, too many are left, but yeah, you go to some of these stadiums that have been around forever and you can just feel the, uh, tradition and whatnot. And, and yeah, this movie definitely has a, a, especially compared to some of these other movies we're going to cover here, mm-hmm. um, way more serious. Um, and again, it, it is based on a true story, so yeah. it kind of sticks to that, but, um.
0: Well, let's move on from yeah. uh, this serious movie Moneyball into a much more comedic <laughs> series, which is the Major League series. There are three of these films, but really we will only count two because the third one was a uh, very throwaway, desperate money grab situation where none of the main characters except for Corbin Bernson's character really came back for it. It has a different director, a uh, different team. They're in the minor leagues in this, and it stars Scott Bakula, And um, also Walton Goggins, who I know Nick will be really excited because he loves Walton Goggins for some reason. But the other two major league movies were both directed by David S. Ward, who was the writer of the Academy Award-winning film The Sting. He also wrote the uh, Sleepless in Seattle movie with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. The first major league film stars tom berenger charlie sheen and wesley snipes with uh, them coming back for the second film although wesley snipes wasn't there he was replaced by omar epps his character omar epps which uh, this is kind of an interesting thing is he uh, he was one of the main characters on the show house it's a very serious demeanor where he's very playful and fun and Major League Two, and it's a, a different approach. But those movies are so much fun, and I grew up watching them. Maybe I shouldn't have been watching them when I was a <laughs> six year old kid, but I grew up watching them. Bob Eucher, who is uh, playing the announcer Harry Doyle in the movie, it's just there are so many satirical things about baseball in it, and it's just such a fun baseball movie that you always have fun watching, no matter. You know, if you're wanting to watch it for its baseball or for its comedy, it's just it's just such a fun movie to watch. See, now I hadn't seen the
1: second one, okay? So I, I didn't know Wesley Snipes didn't come back yeah. because he absolutely steals steals the show in the first. Literally, one.
0: because he's stealing bases the whole time.
1: <laughs> and every every time he steals, he hangs up his gloves on his bedroom yes. wall. <laughs> yeah, that's um, everything down to. Charlie Sheen's just awful haircut and his veg head, yeah, yeah. veg head, <laughs> and that that awful earring that he wears. Is yeah. just... yeah, this movie's ridiculous. Um, I I had only seen bits and pieces over the years, and I I finally just the other day sat down and watched it for the first time, all the way through. Just a just a barn burner. Yeah, just hilarious.
0: There is a under kind of uh, underneath the comedy, there is a very serious storyline involving Tom Berenger's romance with Rene Russo, which Sometimes bogs down the film a little bit if you're watching it just for comedic content, but it also kind of brings together the feeling of it's not just about the players. It's about their families, too, and their lives outside of baseball, which even though this is a comedic film, it does a good job trying to involve the outside of baseball, where the second major league is totally only about the team, really, and about uh, what's happening with them. They do a lot less about family and outside baseball in the uh, second installment
1: now with the second one you'll have to fill me in because the first one if you haven't seen it the owner of the team wants to relocate the team from cleveland to miami yes and so she intentionally tries to put together a roster of just terrible terrible players and Mm -hmm. washed up over the hill players and once they catch wind of this they 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 really want to do their best to prove that they uh Give can, them a nice can. big shitburger to chew on. <laughs> right. and, and they do very well. And um, so based
0: on that premise, how on the, in the second one, where do they go with the plot? Well, the owner of the team, which her name is Rachel Phelps, I believe, in the first film, she is still the owner in the second film. Okay. And basically, since the team is good now, she's kind of resigned to that fate. Uh, Corbin Bernson, who plays um, Roger Dorn in all of the movies, actually, but in the first, he's a player. He has become the team's general manager yeah. in the second movie. And basically, Rachel Phelps uh, has, has been okay with them being good. They have all the same players back. They've even signed new players. Uh, Jack Parkman is the big player they sign in the second film to be make them a better team. And they end up sucking for the first half of the season. She's basking in the glory of them finally being bad and kind of getting her revenge. And then, obviously, it turns out that they end up becoming a better team. Uh, that's a very different film from the first one, as it's hmm. only rated PG-13. Which is Oh, really? Kind of, yes. Oh, that kind
1: of takes the fun away.
0: It does. There are still a lot of really good lines. Um, there's a lot of fun poked by uh, Bob Uecker in that movie, who basically... Uh, falls into alcoholism with the team means so bad, and he's drinking <laughs> on air and swearing, and uh, it, as
1: if he wasn't already in the first one. Yeah, there's
0: a <laughs> there's a great line. It's actually early when he's he is totally sober, and they're talking about a player from the White Sox who they're playing in the game, and he says something to the tune of, "And here comes Hank Shaw." you can't believe that he's actually this good of a player and has this much time on his hands with you know all those paternity suits and all and the other guy <laughs> says i think those are parking tickets <laughs> so totally just dragging this guy's name through the mud and that's awesome yeah well he plays such a great satirical announcer making fun of announcers which is so easy to do right. and even was back in the you know 90s but it's great because he's actually a baseball announcer. He announces for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's been their announcer for forty years, thirty years, right. something like that. And it's just great to see uh, him being able to kind of play with that. And there's a little less of it because of the lower rating in the second film. But it's still fun. Uh, the one number one is a classic, and number two right. is, is is pretty good, but not the same. Yeah. And then number three, you can probably skip that one. Now was Charlie Sheen back for this? He was. Uh, in the second film, he was a different character. Well, he was the same person, right. but he was kind of more straight-laced. He had a hot girlfriend who had gotten his act together. He was doing endorsements, and he kind of lost that wild thing demeanor. Right. So it's a different movie for sure, but uh, both one and two are fun. One, though, is is an absolute classic for me. It's in my top 50 films of all time. Every, oh. time, every time it's on TV, I have to watch it, yeah. no matter what, especially kind of now when baseball season's just gearing up. It's just awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I'll have to check the second one out. But uh, now, when I think baseball movies, I think Kevin Costner. Oh, well. He's in a couple of gems.
0: So if you want to talk about one or maybe two of those. Yeah, we could talk about both of them uh, since we were staying on this kind of comedic feel. Why don't we stick with uh, Bull Durham? Bull Durham. Bull Durham, which was directed by Ron Shelton, who was the director of... a. A couple more classics, I guess you'd call them that, White Men Can't Jump, <laughs> and the uh, golfing movie with cousin Kevin Costner, Tin Cup, which actually is a fun movie to watch, too. Uh, Bull Durham, uh, the 1988 film, stars Kevin Costner, as Ken, Kenny mentioned, just called you Kevin, I'm really sorry, <laughs> as Kenny mentioned, Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, and also Tim Robbins. Yeah, it's, well, man. it's a very interesting, and this is kind of the same thing. I was talking about the third Major League film. It didn't really work out, but they're in the minors in here. So right. you see a lot of those tropey, stereotypical things that you would see in Minor League Ballpark. Like if you hit an, hit the cutout of an animal, you get a free steak or something <laughs> like that.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you got the old Wiley vet Costner coming back. He's he's made it to the show as they like to refer to it as throughout the movie, but yeah, he comes back and, and basically is in an older phase of his career and kind of winding down. But uh, yeah, man, Tim Robbins in this movie hilarious. Um, what's it, what's his nickname they give him in this? I think I it's Duke Lelouch or something like
0: that. Is but it? That, not?
1: That's that's kind of his his not, yeah. But there was something that Costner kept calling him, and I and I can't eh, whatever it's not a big deal. But yeah, the um. Between Susan Sarandon and the uh, the younger woman, her name was Millie in the movie. I, I'm not sure what her her real name was, but mm-hmm. um, that was a fun storyline. And I I love okay, so you've got basically Susan Sarandon is is a little bit older as well, mm-hmm. and then Millie is the younger woman, and and kind of like Kevin Costner coming back from Major League. Playing in the little league Susan Sarandon is kind of taking Millie under her wing and is kind of teaching her how to be a whatever you would refer to a groupie of baseball as
0: Yeah, she she actually does work for the team if I recall correctly, but at the same time she has some weird thing where she always has a relationship with one of the players right. throughout the whole year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I love there there was a line where Susan Sarandon asks her about um she she had spent the night with uh, with Tim Robbins, mm-hmm. and, and she's like, "Well, how was he?" And he's like, "Well, he fucks like he pitches. He's kind of all over the place. <laughs> it's it's just a hot mess." Tim Tim Robbins is just this young, just he's 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 not very level headed. He's got kind of a temper on him, and he's just trying to make a name for himself. And
0: for the most part, a very unlike Tim Robbins character, as uh, more of his famous roles have been a little more serious, like the Shawshank Redemption. Right. But uh, it's definitely an interesting role for him, and he's playing kind of a secondary character where he went through a long time where he was uh, a starring character as uh, Kevin Costner was in this movie. Mm-hmm. And their relationship in this movie is uh, very interesting. It's the same kind of thing that we've been talking about is there is always sort of the on-field and off-field relationship, and they their on-field relationship gets in, involved with the off-field relationship. And there's almost like a love right. triangle happening between the two of them and Susan Sarandon. Yeah, It's just a very odd movie in a good way. Like it, yeah. it's, 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 it's always fun to watch, but it has a lot more of a serious tone to it that right. I think you can notice on the surface.
1: Well, and this movie does a great job of capturing that whole feel of going to a minor league baseball game. A lot of people, most people, have been to a major league baseball game, mm-hmm. and it's it's a very fun environment. I mean, it's it's a good place to go and just relax and have a few drinks and socialize. But when you go to a minor league game, it's it's just it's a totally different animal. You get all the the cheesy gimmicks of yeah. you know, you, you have, hit something in the outfield and you win a hot dog, and, yeah,
0: or some dumb contest, pretty much between every inning, whether right. it be like running a relay race or some some clown performing or something like that it's a it's a very different place than the major leagues and generally there's
1: 15 people in the grand in the the stands and and you know four of them are are only there because they're diehard followers of the team and they're keeping score manually and whatnot but this movie just does an awesome job of of kind of capturing that minor league baseball feel and it's like you said, it's got kind of the serious element to it, but it's also very comical at the same time.
0: And it did a great job of showing the two kind of people who play in minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. It's right. the you know young prospect who is on the upswing, who is eventually going to be Trying there. Trying to make a name for himself. Yes. And then a person on the way down, like Kevin Costner's character, who is just trying to hang on for a a little longer right
1: and and some and they're brought in a lot of the time not only because they're just trying to stay in the game but they are brought in as a veteran to kind of pull back on the reins of these
0: his character's name is crash davis Ah, sorry about about that
1: crash that yeah i'm I'm still trying to remember i i can't remember what the other dude's nickname was but uh (laughs) no big deal but Uh, yeah yeah it does a good job of kind of showing that real-life element of what a minor league baseball team is made of. You've got to have that veteran kind of guy in there to show the the, the correct path for these young players who are otherwise just a, a, a loose
0: cannon. Yeah, and it's uh, a nice sort of combination of that because Nuka has a lot of issues, as young pitchers do, mm. whether it be you know being immature or not being able to control himself or his pitches because right. he's a pitcher. And yeah, this film does a really nice job of kind of showing that maturity and almost like a coming of age, which is weird because Mm. he's not a normal coming of age film character who is usually a high schooler or something like that. He's, He's older, but he still has a lot of growing up to do when he does that. Even though not all the way, he does a lot of growing up throughout this film. Right. Another film I wanted to mention that I actually forgot about until uh, just now is uh, 1985's Brewster's Millions. Have you ever seen this one? Never seen it, no. Uh, Brewster's Millions is great because the two main characters are played by Richard Pryor and John Candy. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And uh, the minor league, they're both minor league players. And uh, the whole premise is that it's found out. Uh, by Richard Pryor, that he had some great uncle that he didn't know anything about, and he was his only relative. Mm-hmm. He was very rich, and he left him to play a game basically with money. So he had to spend thirty million dollars in thirty days and not own anything with by with using this thirty million dollars. And if he was able to do this, he also couldn't tell anybody what he was doing. He just had to go out there spend thirty million dollars. And not own anything, which sounds like it might not be that hard, but it it was so he couldn't physically buy things he he could buy things, but he could not have ownership of them like here are things of him buying expensive stamps and mailing them uh-huh. or renting airplanes or something like gotcha. that so but nobody and he also had to have an accountant with him who was keeping track of every money because it was this law firm gotcha. that he had to you know go through this with the whole point is that if he spent the money and didn't have any assets and spent all of the money he would get his actual inheritance which was 300 million dollars which is a lot of money it's a ridiculous concept yes but But there's another play here because if he does not win this contest the law firm who's supposed to be representing him gets the 300 million dollars there's all this kind of weird things in play and it's a comedy film with richard Pryor. right right so it's it's a very interesting movie. It's a total eighties movie. It's not the best movie you're ever going to see, but I watched it growing up, and it was so much fun. We talked. We talked about the minor league things that happen in minor league stadiums, and the the stadium that they play in yeah. is the same exact thing. They have a they have a train set so of train tracks that goes through the outfield. So whenever a train comes through, they have to stop the game while the train <laughs> goes through. And Dude, it's yeah, eighties
1: eighties comedies are just. They're awesome to begin with. Eighties baseball comedies, it's just you, we've we've talked about this about other movies on this show before. Where I feel like you're just not gonna get those kind of movies anymore. I mean, yeah. there there have been you know you've got your bench warmers or your bad news bears. The remake with uh, Billy Bob Thornton that came out. Like there's baseball comedies that are out, but they're not. They just don't have that same eighties vibe to them.
0: No, I think that's a big reason why we saw so many of these baseball films in the eighties and nineties is that was just a different time when it comes to film where they, they obviously wanted to make money with these movies, Mm -hmm. but at the same time there was a lot more put into, you know, fun and the audience being interested in the subject matter of the film where now it's, let's get a subject matter that people are going to pay money for where it was people will pay money if we have them a good subject matter yeah. and not that these are great scripts or any of these films other than the two i've thought of that were actual like film films were the natural and uh, field of dreams
1: i was going to say speaking of kevin costner we bring it around to a, little, a lot more serious of
0: a role for him mm-hmm. with field of dreams i um that is the ultimate Kind of guy who, and I, I don't know about this, but any man who's like a baseball fan and a father, mm-hmm. I think, absolutely loves that film just because of the connection that they bring with fathers and baseball right. in that movie.
1: Yeah, it, it it hits home and it it pulls on the heartstrings a bit, and um, I I feel like it's a very relatable movie in the in the sense that any any kid who's grown up a baseball fan. And dreamed of having their own baseball field at some point, and then having not only your own baseball field but all these past players that are famous yeah. and role models and idols of of anybody coming back and actually playing at your field i mean it's just it's it's a you know it's a it's a really i just watched this the other day and i was I was thinking about it i I'm not so sure that I'm as high on... I know when you ask anybody about their favorite baseball movies, this one always comes up. I, I'm yeah. not sure that I would put it personally, just because there are moments where... And not to mention his wife fucking drives me crazy. <laughs> that goddamn woman. She's Every time she opens her mouth, she's so over the top about everything, and it's just like, just shut up.
0: But, yeah. Um, the wife who was uh, played, I believe, by Amy Madigan in that film. Very uh, interesting role for her.
1: Yeah, I mean, this movie... Based on the premise alone, you have to let a lot of things go. This would never happen in real life. But, I, I mean, I, I feel like I just too many times during the movie found myself thinking, oh, this is kind of ridiculous. But
0: well, and I think...
1: I know I'd catch a lot of heat from a lot of people for saying this kind of stuff. But I, think,
0: I think the film and the subject matter of baseball does a great job because, as we discussed a little bit earlier, how baseball has that kind of lore to it, that... Mm-hmm that magic about it. And that's the same thing that happens in this film. Now it is physically happening where these players, whether it be Shoeless Joe Jackson or any of the number of players who come back mm-hmm. to life in his field to play baseball. Yeah. They're not real in real life, but they are real in this world that they live in. Yeah. But that's part of the problem is, you need to believe it to see it, and I think that's kind of getting back to right. more about the message of baseball and like the point of it. Yeah, at least from this movie's perspective, is that it's about more than just playing the game. It's about having a camaraderie and a relationship with your friends, with your family, and it can you know create something that's special just through you know, playing or having a catch. Well, that
1: that segues perfectly into a movie that I. As a child, I absolutely loved this movie was Angels in the Outfield, Mm -hmm. and that kind of follows along the same thing, where you have this young boy... Who's played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Who's
0: become a big star now.
1: He is, yeah, and he's one of my favorites, Um, but... The whole premise of
0: that movie is, it was his mother or his father passed away? I believe his mother passed away. Well, I, I think he was in foster care. He was staying in foster care. And, he, and his mother was, was passed away, and his father didn't want to take care of him. He yeah. wasn't interested. And, and he was he was in a foster home. So he's, he's this huge baseball fan. And For the California Angels, not the Los Angeles Angels right. of Anaheim, back when we used to call them a normal name
1: but so so he okay so he has he, he prays that the angels would one day win the world series yeah and so what goes on in this movie is these angels literally do come to the games and he is the only one and, and isn't it uh what's his name uh Glover
0: uh, yeah, Danny, Glover, who Danny w- Glover. plays the coach in the movie. I don't remember his name in the movie.
1: So, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Danny Glover, they're the only ones that can see these angels. And
0: his friend, too. I don't remember her friend's name, but there's the three of JP. them. JP. JP, there JP you go. There. And I think it starts with them being the only two and not... Danny Glover's character, and he eventually, when he starts to believe, he can... Maybe not, though. I don't remember, because there was this weird thing of kind of that whole Santa Claus childhood thing, where believing in right. miracles and that kind of thing. Because I don't, I don't think it was that they had to win the world. I thought they had to win the pennant. They had to, yeah. to yeah. win the American League just for him. There you go. And it was funny, because you have Christopher Lloyd playing another goofy character, which, honestly, that's what he's best <laughs> at. When he's playing a serious role, you almost right. can't take it seriously, yeah. because you... Imagine him as the you know Doc Brown, Back to the Future, goofy ass character. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: it, it feeds into that that whole storyline that you have as a kid and a baseball fan that mm-hmm. you kind of just believe into this supernatural. There's a lot of uh, superstition in baseball yeah. and things like that, and it, it's it's kind of this underlying thing that happens with baseball and baseball fans, where you just kind of have to believe in something that not necessarily is true or really existing but that uh you know same thing with a- Angels in the Outfield and and Field of Dreams they kind of have that same fantasy feel where you just kind of I don't know baseball just ties those together somehow yeah. so well for people that when you see these movies you can really just relate to them and how they are feeling
0: we talked about Moneyball to start this uh, episode off and how that kind of is getting away from that that was all about you know the numbers of the game right right these players will get you this many runs so play them and it's getting away from you know the majesty of of what baseball and the the point of it is for so many people, even yeah. if that's not what it's for for me. Like, I want to see the game be good. Right. I, I want to see the best players on, on my team. But it's for so many years, baseball was about something more than just the game for so many people. I think and it that, still is for some people.
1: I think that's why Moneyball kind of caught me so off guard and was such an appealing movie. It was so outside of the box from anything I had ever thought about baseball. that Because I always had those feelings as a kid of, you know, believing in in things and superstition and all that kind of stuff. And I always just took baseball as a very emotional thing. And then when Moneyball came along, it was like, oh shit, there's this whole other way of looking at the sport of baseball that I had never really thought about. So
0: yeah, the, the, the point of that is it's very removed from the majesty of the mm-hmm. game, which that is the great ending for Moneyball where right. a guy who does not hit home runs, uh, Chris Pratt's character hits a game winning home run for them to win a game and how that, that was, that was, even though it was somewhat of a meaningless game because they were just going for a record of right. games won in a row. It had nothing to do with the playoffs or whatever, yeah. but they wanted to win that one game, and him be hitting a home run, even though they weren't expecting many home runs from the year, got them that win. And I think that was that film and, and the book for it that kind of said and that you know these amazing things can happen. Yeah. And even though you can count on analytics and uh, theorems and shit like that, that sometimes just magic happens on the field, even though it's not magic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. these things happen that you can't explain in baseball more than any other sport. Well, you
1: get your your big hero moment in yeah. the in the clutch moment. It's that it's that no name player playing in Game Seven of the World Series who hits the game winning hit or home run or whatever and. They, I mean, they, they happen as cliche as they seem in a in a moment like that in Moneyball. Mm-hmm. That kind of shit happens in, in baseball in real life. So, that, that
0: was a real event that happened. Right. His character who was playing, whose name was Scott Hatterberg, hit a home run in that situation, and they won the game. Yep. So it, it was very interesting how that played out. We were talking about Angels in the outfield. I wanted to mention that it kind of goes forgotten, but there are two... Very famous uh, actors now who played small roles on the Angels team in that movie. And uh, that was Adrian Brody, who is known for having a huge nose, and for The Pianist, and for The Grand Budapest Hotel, right. and uh, a handful of other films. And then Matthew McConaughey, who also was on the team in that wow. movie. Uh, I totally didn't even realize And that. if you go back and watch, and you'll be like, is, yeah. that, is that? Is that? Is he? And yeah. it is. It's kind of like I was I was
1: just taking a quick look over that movie the other day, and I had totally forgotten that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like the main character, yeah. and now he's... Huge. I, this movie was an afterthought to me after so many years, and I had totally forgotten he was even in it. So,
0: Well, and you have so many other people who aren't necessarily huge, but like Tony, Tony, Tony Danza, Danza. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd, Danny right. Glover, these Danny people Glover. that you would know going into scene right. it. And uh, they do a great job. And there are some other films that we need to hit on here, so let's uh, move on a little bit. A couple that I'll just mention. We don't need to talk too much about them. Um, is The Babe, which starred John Goodman. Not that it's a great film or a biopic, because it's kind of silly and campy, but it's John Goodman playing Babe Ruth. so didn't see that one either. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a very small movie, and it came out, and it's it's not a great movie. But for me, I have a hard time not loving it, because I watched it so many times as a kid. Another mm-hmm. film that was exactly like that, which is much more of a serious film, is uh, the 1984 film The Natural, mm-hmm. which stars Robert Redford. didn't see that one either. It's... Uh, Directed by Barry Levinson, who directed a couple uh, very well-known films in Good Morning Vietnam and Rain Man. And he directed this uh, story, which stars Robert Redford, Robert Duvall, and Glenn Close. And there are a lot of parallels in this film to Greek mythology, which if you're talking about a baseball film, you just have, <laughs> why is that? But uh, Robert Redford plays Roy Hobbs, who is going to be this great pitcher, and it's actually a shocking moment for a baseball movie. You think it's going to be, the first time watching it, it's going to be this somewhat fun movie. And he gets shot early in the film, and it's his whole life is basically coming back. He can't be a pitcher anymore, but he, be, he becomes this great batter and almost almost amazing batter. And it's, he, there were all kinds of weird things that happen with him. And the the best thing i always remember from this is that early, the first scene of the movie is a, a tree getting struck by lightning and he carves a bat out of the wood from this tree. And it's supposed to be like magically <laughs> names. The, he, he names the bat, he etches the name of the bat into it. And the bat's name is wonder boy. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, oh, boy. it's, 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 it's kind of cheesy and it's, it takes itself way too seriously at times. But again, as I was growing up, very uh, fun to watch. And that also where uh, one of the best lines in any baseball movie comes from where – they are talking with a psychologist because the team throughout the season ends up going into a losing streak, mm-hmm. and the psychologist comes in and just keeps uttering the line uh, over and over again, saying that losing is a disease. And it's it's just so <laughs> it's just so funny and eighties bad. And it's it's not yeah. it's not like a funny movie. There has some funny moments. Right. Uh, another movie that has uh, talks about things that actually happened, even though it wasn't based on real characters. It's more of like a Titanic feel, where it's giving you a true story but has fictional characters, is the, uh, the League of Their Own or A League of Their Own. Man, yeah, again, haven't seen this one. I'm, I'm going to have to start... You've never seen a League no, of Their Own? No, you know oh, what I'm going to have man. to
1: do is I'm going to have to make a list from this show and watch all these movies, and then next next baseball season we well, can well, talk about them again.
0: Gina Davis plays the main character in that film, and it's about the uh, year that uh, men were playing professional baseball and they got called to war so they mm. were not playing right. there was no pastime for the people who were still here not fighting and they decided to keep money coming in that they would have this women's baseball league and since we're in illinois uh, the women's baseball league had a lot of midwest history a lot of the teams were from somewhat smaller but major towns like the team that gina davis plays for is the rockford peaches right. there's a team from beloit and uh that kind of thing, but the absolute scene stealer for this whole film is their coach, which is played by Tom Hanks, and it's just he's hilarious because he's a horrible ex-player alcoholic, and he is just he is just eating up every chance he gets in this movie. He's drunk almost the entire movie. <laughs> he's the biggest chauvinist asshole the whole time. I feel and it's like
1: great. most good baseball movies, there's always at least one good drunk somewhere yeah. somewhere throughout the movie.
0: Yeah, well, you have um, in Major League two there is a, a kind of asshole loving fan who is a total jackwagon who is played by Randy Quaid which he, he's <laughs> perfect for that <laughs> yeah
1: that's uh sounds about right yeah. and that that's
0: <laughs> i mean that's one of the other things that
1: like that's relatable in a baseball film because half the fun of going to a baseball game is the heckling and mm-hmm. just harassing the shit out of the players cuz they're they're right there
0: you can t- yeah. literally say whatever you want to them and they're gonna hear it well and unlike other sports or hockey where they have helmets they're skating around they're going back and forth football same thing basketball loud stadium lot going on in closed environment baseball is so quiet right i was telling you the story about when i went to a minor a, a spring training game right and a uh, outfielder from the uh, then atlanta braves who was uh, for many years on other teams i know he was on the pirates for quite a while his name was raul mondesi and he Slid to try to catch a ball and he missed it and I was sitting in the front row and he walks up right by me and I had a plate of nachos and I just held it out to him like do you want one or what because you're <laughs> standing there like a psycho and he just had the biggest grin on his face and I was I loved it
1: I mean as if baseball's not already relaxed enough spring training is just that there's nothing like spring training. I mean, yeah, man,
0: they're they're, it, they're just there to have fun. They're and there try basically to get shape, just
1: to yeah. try, yeah, try and get shape, get in the routine again. And it's it's so long. I mean, the baseball season is so fucking long yeah, already. But
0: they're playing 35 games in spring training, too. Gosh, that's,
1: that's crazy. I mean, I love baseball, don't get me wrong, yeah. but man, it just sometimes, sometimes it, it's, it's the thing with baseball is it'll get to like June, July, and you, you almost kind of forget about baseball. Dog days of summer, <laughs> yeah. man. They, they check back in around playoff time.
0: But. Yeah, well, it's just it gets hard because they've played a hundred so games, yeah. and the players are kind of getting tired of playing right. every day, and the fans. Again, it's that weird time in the season too, and that happens in every other sport except for the NFL. Yeah, you get get to a point in both hockey and basketball season where. Okay, the you know, we've seen what the team's probably going to be. Can we get to the last five games yeah. of the season and the right. playoffs
1: now? The only other like classic movie I can think of is Sandlot. And that's the last one
0: I was gonna bring yeah. up. I wanted to quickly go back to Field of Dreams just because I wanted to go back to two great actors who have great roles in that movie, and that's Ray Liotta mm-hmm. and uh, James Earl Jones, who yeah. has I, I every time I don't know why, like I always should be able to I shouldn't be able to separate them. Every time I hear James Earl Jones, I hear him and not Darth Vader, which I feel like a lot of people, whenever they hear him talk, that's the first thing that they hear. But he is just such a great character in that movie. That whole thing of kind of giving up on the hope of life and he's given up on dreams. He's given up on his
1: passion as a
0: writer. Because he doesn't have any more passion. It's all about kind of talking about Moneyball. It's all about... You know, money and how much you can make and how good you are and and yeah. he's given up on it and he gets this sort of breath of fresh air right with seeing these players who aren't really there and watching them play and he, he has a monologue at the end of the film on the uh, baseball field which is one of the best uh, in mm-hmm. not i wouldn't say any movie but in terms of you're talking about just a great monologue discussing the importance of baseball in yeah. American culture, and with his voice, just a beautiful scene. And Ray Liotta, good, good call on him. He's such a that
1: dude's such a badass in every role he plays. But mm-hmm. yeah, he plays shoeless Joe Jackson, yeah. and, and just, just, just pun intended, knocked <laughs> it out of the park. I mean, yeah, just awesome in that movie. Yeah, he was, and, and it's he- normally not something he generally goes for he's normally like a like a hard-ass kind of badass kind of guy in a lot of his movies but
0: yeah and his, um he really peaked at goodfellas as he's yeah. had a lot of kind of he's he's made his way back but he's had a had a little bit of a struggle there yeah. for a while and he's had some good minor roles like he was in killing them softly a couple of years ago and had a nice little role in right. that but he's uh become kind of a Small actor in a small movie yeah. type thing, but he's uh he's great as Shoeless Joe. And speaking of James Earl Jones, you brought up the Sandlot. He's yeah. also in that movie, right. and uh, he plays a great character in that too. And that's that I feel like that movie is is a great movie for us to end on yeah. today talking about because that is such a like child believing in. Right. Not necessarily in, in magic and baseball, but believing in playing the game and just having fun. Well,
1: Sandlot, to me, always kind of brings back, it's a very reminiscent feeling of, of when you're a kid, and, and I always used to love nothing more than the end of the school year, knowing summer break was coming up. I lived in a neighborhood where there were plenty of us kids who were more than willing to go out and play baseball in somebody's backyard, and... It's just the the whole storyline of, you know, they hit the baseball over the fence and the neighbor's got that dog that's going to just eat them if they go to get well, it back. The,
0: the baseball is signed by Babe Ruth, right. which is right. I mean, That's one of those sort of uh, things where that's just worth so much money yeah. and it has so much more of a... Important meaning to the person who had it, which was uh, Dennis Leary's character, right. the uh, main character's stepfather. That uh, he, you know, just was oh, he yeah. didn't even know he didn't even know who it was. It was that was the other great thing. He's like he just signed by some woman <laughs> named Baby Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and what kid
1: who grew up playing baseball in the neighborhood or on a team or anything? I mean, what kid can't
0: relate to this movie? I mean, especially since there are all the other characters who are. Total stereotypes of what different kids are, right? But they are just so great, and this is such a a fun movie. And there it goes through so many things that happen during baseball, whether mm-hmm. it's the Fourth of July right. uh, cookouts, yeah. uh, playing, and even this this movie. Literally, the climax of this film takes place as they are a group of kids who can't afford more baseballs, who yeah. are just trying to get a ball back. Which I feel right. like. If you were a kid playing baseball, you had that moment when, oh, finally yeah. we're old enough that someone can hit it over the fence and we have right. to go get that ball back. But it obviously notches it up to 11 as in this movie they need to get a ball back that's worth a lot more than yeah. the the you know 68-cent one from the drugstore. It
1: hits home so, so hard because, again, any kid who grew up playing baseball, you, you – you, You hit these things and you lose them and then all of a sudden your whole day of fun is ruined when you've lost your last baseball. I mean, I remember one time, (laughs) true story, uh, we were playing in my backyard and this was the moment we realized we had outgrown playing in my backyard. (laughs) Somebody finally was big enough to hit the ball far enough to hit our neighbor's house and it broke the window and it ended up in their house and it was our last baseball and we were more upset over the fact that we had lost our last baseball than the fact that we broke the neighbor's window. But oh. but then eventually a new baseball field was built down the street and we would every single day pack up our equipment and ride down there and play all day until we would lose every baseball in the field in the cornfield behind it and yeah. it's just it's such a relatable thing and and yeah it's just a classic movie because it it strikes so close to home for any any kid who grew up loving the sport of baseball
0: well and even some of the characters in the film whether it be uh, Karen Allen's uh, motherly character Dennis Leary as the stepfather and then uh the uh, the girl who is the girl that's the guys are goggling or googling their eyes at as they see her at the uh, pool, and you just think that's yeah. the same thing where they're right. they're trying to like flex their muscles <laughs> and everything. And the uh, woman who's got, or the girl who's got a great name, Wendy Peppercorn, is <laughs> played by Marley Shel- Shelton. And you would think that you've never seen her again, but she actually uh, played uh, one of the major characters. Characters in the uh, Robert Rodriguez grindhouse film *Planet Terror*. I feel like another thing we should, you know, not mention, but we're talking about how much we love these films. Right. I feel like your personal experiences with, you know, you talking about your stories mm. as a kid. I have yeah. some playing little league and going on nights and getting pizza with or after the games, or going out and getting ice cream or hot dogs yeah. and uh, playing and having such a great moment, both on and off the field, with my teammates, even though I wasn't best friends with all of them. Well, you, like-
1: you worked for a minor league team for a couple of years, didn't you?
0: Um, cooking, yeah. Cooking I, in the concession stand. I, I worked as a cook in the concession stand. No shame in that, man. I actually do have a somewhat funny story. Uh, I the, my first day working, I was cooking for the, uh, for the group outings that they have there and you cook on there on a huge grill. That's out beyond the wall. Mm-hmm. This is happening during batting practice. And I'm, I'm thinking that they since have changed the rule for this because this was, this must've been 2003. So this is 12 years ago now and we're cooking out there and it's during batting practice. And my first question is like, so what happens if someone hits a home run out here? <laughs> Cause we're behind the wall and we're, and we're paying attention to what we're doing and so a ball could hit us. He's like, oh, man, that's never going to happen. Don't worry about that. Four baseballs came right at <laughs> us, including one of them landing in the grill and knocking 12 pork chops off of it. And I just remember those guys being like, man, this is so unusual. I'm like, you don't work back here, do you? <laughs> this happens every day. They are going to get someone killed back here. Because it would be different if you could see if there was, like, not a wall there and you could see it. Right. And like, oh, it comes another ball, duck out of the way. But you, you can't. You're just right. sitting there unsus- unsuspectingly flipping these pork chops and bratwurst and then all of a sudden it was bad i still have one of those balls too i kept the kept the one and i kept it as a memento as oh it wasn't the one that went in the grill i think that one got ruined but one of the other ones i i kept and i told the person who i worked there i'm like well i do want to work here and i I would like to work here but i'm not going to be working right behind that wall during betting (laughs) practice because it's not worth having a Major brain injury to yeah, get my right. at the time six dollars an hour or so.
1: Man, I don't all all this talk about baseball and movies. I can't wait. I, I'm so happy it's baseball season.
0: I am too. And, and as I was trying to get to uh, just a couple minutes ago, I feel like baseball is it is a sport also in terms of the movies. It's hard to really like the movies and not be a fan of right. baseball. Like, if you are not a baseball fan, you're not going to like a lot of it. I mean, I think some yeah. of them transcend and you don't need to be a fan. Like, Major League is a right. really funny film. It's just funny. It's Field right. of Dreams, yeah. there are a lot of themes in that. Same with The Natural. Uh, even Angels in the Outfield, we've discussed yeah. how there are, is a lot more to that film than just yeah. the you know kids liking that, baseball. That's a family thing, yeah. yeah.
1: It's a, yeah, it's it, you know baseball like everything isn't for everybody, and if mm-hmm. you're not into baseball, you're just not gonna feel these movies the way baseball fans feel them because a lot of them do hit hard, hit close to home, and they're very relatable, and it's a very reminiscent you know remembering of how you used to feel as a kid watching baseball. So,
0: well, and, and we talked about a couple times that they these films came out in the 1980s and 90s, most of the ones we've talked about today. Mm-hmm. And that was a, just a different time in baseball, too, yeah. is baseball was so much more fun back then. Yeah. Even in the late 90s when all the home run battles. Between, they were all jacked
1: up on steroids. They, they
0: were, but nobody... Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Yeah, and home Bar- runs Bar- all the time. Barry Bonds yeah. and uh, Larry Walker and uh, Ken Griffey Jr., right. even though he was never on like the steroid thing that anyone knows of. But I feel like that was such an innocent time in, in yeah. baseball where people... They didn't really care about steroids or whatever, and then that whole ca- thing came down, and everyone was all worried about that. They wanted the government to get involved, testing them, and bring them back. Bring back the steroids. It made it more fun. You know what, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm. I've got to say, it's maybe not like the ethical answer, but. I, 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 you know what? did They know. When the, did we get all ethical, man? Come they, on. They, they know the risks. It's not like they're taking these now. And the steroids were at a different time then too. Yeah. Because now there are players who still are on steroids that you can't tell because right. their bodies don't turn into, you know, <laughs> Barry Bonds right. turning into the Hulk with his. Dude, their fucking forearms are the size of my leg. Yeah. I mean, come on. But his head grew. That was the right. biggest thing. Was his head? His grew neck. Like, His head grew like six hat sizes over a year, and they're like. Mm. I don't know about that, Barry. They're out there looking like The Rock. Yes. Steroids. What are you talking about? I think it's funny because he's on steroids, and I don't think he's actually ever denied it. I don't <laughs> think he's ever went, yeah, The Rock's too good for that stuff. Well, no, no that's
1: the point. Like he, he won't deny it. It's very clear, but some of these baseball players were starting to look like that. And-
0: well, and a lot of them sort of have, and that goes back to the the history of baseball, that it's supposed to be this fun, mm-hmm. nostalgic game, and they are trying to cheat yeah. As, I mean, it is cheating. Technically, you're not on the level if you're taking steroids. But at the same time, they they got very, very angry about it. As uh, The two examples I always remember are Rafael Palmero and Roger Clemens, who were there pointing their fingers at Congress, telling them how they didn't take steroids and that they were going to well, make them look bad for last, running their
1: name through the mud. Last I checked, the side effect
0: of steroid use is anger. Well, <laughs> outburst. <laughs> well, and the, there, that was there was a whole crew with us yeah. the, the big steroid era and a bunch of names i just mentioned that were very like i remember that same exact hearing with rafael palmero sammy sosa was there and even though he spoke perfect english he had an interpreter talking for him so he didn't have to be the one putting his his voice on the record it was and it was now, a shit show and now sammy sosa's white yeah he's going down the michael jackson route next thing you know it'll have a ranch somewhere where he's <laughs> inviting children over there for the weekend <laughs> So, yeah. All right. Well, I, now
1: now we've gotten away from movies. Yeah, we're, I, we're losing listeners now. That,
0: that's okay. And that's, we just got on a little tangent here at the end of the show. That's okay. It's baseball, man. you got to be excited for baseball. I man. am very much. I went to opening day this year between the Brewers <laughs> and the Rockies. What it was the score? What was the, the score? It then? was 10 nothing Rockies. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not a huge Brewers fan. I'm a Cubs fan. So I was i i like the brewers and i really went because aramis ramirez is going to retire after this year and he's my favorite player ever so i wanted to see his last opening day and you know he's a player that's gotten injured quite often the last few years so i'm worried if i'm to go see him one last time i wouldn't get a chance to later so
1: you know who didn't want to see his last opening day who's that aramis ramirez well yeah <laughs> That's pretty ugly. Ten nothing.
0: Yeah, well, there were a lot of problems. In that did anybody the hit program. the Harley Davidson in the outfield? The Harley Davidson is gone now.
1: No. So, yeah. Oh, shit. Unfortunately. But you did get a picture with the uh, the big I, sausage. I got guy, a right? picture
0: with one of the sausages, which I guess <laughs> I'll post on the Instagram page when we uh, when we release this episode. Nice. And uh, also, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, that Harley Davidson. That goes back to a story when we were at a game. Must be like six years, five or six years ago now. So much alcohol. Yeah, well, way too many summer shandies that day. Well, that was that was part of it. And also, (laughs) uh, a player from the Cubs, his name was Derek Lee, hit one of the longest home runs I can remember. And they have had this Harley Davidson motorcycle display towards the very end of the stadium in left center field. And he hit one of the motorcycles out there. And we were all drunk, being like, Holy shit.
1: That game also, <laughs> uh, luckily, we were Cubs fans in Milwaukee because that did not I, go too no, well for the Brewers. No, I remember that escalated about the same way. It was like ten to four in the third inning or something. It was yeah, it it was, did not
0: did not go well for the Brewers, and uh, that's that's okay because they've had they've had a lot of struggles just like the Cubs have. But it's going to be an interesting baseball season, and uh, definitely be watching a lot here. But also, be watching a lot of baseball movies. We talked about so many great ones, and I got a list now. I got to... Apparently, check out. Yeah, Nick's never seen Major League, and he said he's going to watch with me here one of these days. So I'm excited to see what he thinks of it. I'm yeah. sure he won't think it's great, but I hope he'll at least enjoy some yeah, of the some a of the gags and get it. some yeah. laughs out of it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you very much for listening to this uh, bonus episode of Film Tank, as uh, it's about baseball. And maybe someday when football season starts or basketball, we'll do more of these themed about sports things because me and Kenny are big sports fans. So we like talking sports and also I like talking movies so we got to like-
1: cover Days of Thunder and Talladega Nights yeah we could do
0: a NASCAR one big too big NASCAR i don't know how many people will listen the to The big that NASCAR line. show <laughs> but it will be fun cuz there are a lot and we, we probably wouldn't want to just only do NASCAR We no. probably want to do racing right. there's a lot of good indie car movies too yeah. Uh, but we'll definitely get more of these kind of sports movie-themed podcasts uh, down the road, hopefully. But if you like this and you wanted to send us an email talking about what your favorite sports movie is and wanting to give a review or a reason why, uh, send us an email to filmtankshow at gmail.com. And uh, next week or you know one of these weeks, we'll uh, read your email on the show and talk about what your favorites, is, favorites are. I guess that's one thing we should get towards uh, the end here did you give a absolute favorite is moneyball your favorite baseball movie ever i i would say so okay. uh that, that's just
1: a really good movie okay. uh it didn't necessarily hit me the same way as some of the other ones do as far as how i felt as a kid and just remembering how it was but that's just that's just a really fucking good movie moneyball <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I really do like Moneyball. I love baseball, so I already was going to like that movie no yeah. matter what. And I liked the uh, the story. It got a little sappy at some parts, but that's okay. It was a really fun movie. Was that one of Jonah Hill's awkward, skinny movies? No, he was fat in that one. Oh, okay. For sure. Well, there you go. Even yeah. more reason to go see it. <laughs> yeah. He was fat, funny. Fat Jonah Hill. <laughs> fat, funny Jonah Hill. Yeah, Major League is my favorite, so I'll put that out there. I like, that. I like all of these that I've listed off, even the ones that are kind of silly. But I'm a fan of all of them. And- But again, you can send us an email saying what your favorite is, or if you hated any of these movies, I'd like to hear your reasoning why. So send that email to FilmTankShow at gmail.com. You can also listen to us on FilmTankShow.com or at iTunes or Stitcher. And uh, you can find Kenny Marcellus on Twitter at uh, WhiteLimo61. I am on Twitter at Alex underscore Diekman. That's D-I-E-C-K-M-A-N-N if you want to find us on there. So... From Kenny Marcellus and me, Alex Diekman, thank you very much to listening to today's show, and we will catch you next time. Later.